Today on the Show Me Institute podcast, Dr. Susan Pentegrass is joined by Aaron Wren and Patrick Tui. Aaron Wren is an independent researcher and was formerly a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Patrick Tui is currently a fellow at the Show Me Institute, where he formerly served as the Director of Municipal Policy. They discuss Aaron's recent paper published by the Institute. The report analyzes the economic condition of Kansas City, Kansas against Kansas City, Missouri. A link to the full report can be found in the description. For more Show Me Institute podcasts, visit SoundCloud at soundcloud slash showmeinstitute and subscribe on Apple Podcast. Here's Dr. Susan Pendergrass. Very happy to speak to Aaron Wren and Patrick Tui today. Recently, the Show Me Institute put out a paper by Aaron on Kansas City. And you know, as I understand it, Aaron, you study cities. Those are like your test subjects. You're not like a Kansas City studier. You're like a city studier. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I don't focus specifically on Kansas City, but I am from the Midwest, and a lot of my focus has been on the uh, cities of the Midwest that are in that 1 million plus major metro area. So there's about 13 or so that I've really followed fairly closely for over a decade now, originally starting on a website that I ran called The Urbanophile, The Lover of Cities. So cool. these are the areas that I've, I have studied, but I, I study nationally as well, but I do have a Midwest focus, oh, nice. uh, if not a Kansas City directly one. Well, Missouri, we have, for people who are listening who don't know, uh, we have three pretty big cities, St. Louis, Springfield, and Kansas City. And I've only been in St. Louis for about five years, but I had the impression before I moved to St. Louis that St. Louis has got a lot of problems and Kansas City is kind of like the cool place where the millennials want to go and it's... Um, you know, way better than St. Louis. Um, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, well, if you look at the numbers on the metropolitan areas, clearly Kansas City um, has done better. It's growing in population. I think Metro St. Louis is either totally stagnant in population or may even be slightly declining. <laughs> the city of St. Louis, yeah, the city of St. Louis has lost a truly stunning number of people. I mean, a, you know, a population decline on par with Detroit. So certainly St. Louis gets a lot of the headlines um, as being sort of a troubled city. There's still a lot of kind of affluence um, and, and, and wealth in the St. Louis area. But nevertheless, the city uh, has, and the metropolitan region as a whole, have really struggled for quite some time now. Kansas City has done a lot better as a region, um, but even as a region, um, still not at the level of, say, in Austin and Nashville, et cetera, sure. which in fairness, no place in the Midwest is. No. Uh, but as you know, as we'll get into, right, a lot of the reason that Kansas City looks so good is because of uh, part of it is in the state of Kansas. So, Patrick, I feel like you've been a commentator with the Show Me Institute for quite a while, and you are sort of pushing back on these people who say that Kansas City is an engine of growth and Kansas City is where all the young people want to go because your perspective is sure, but Kansas City, Missouri is quite different than Kansas City, Kansas. Is that fair? That's right. You know, I've heard for years the things that Aaron just spoke about. Uh, Kansas City is cool. There's a lot of clickbait around the country that talks about the region. And I've found that a lot of uh, Kansas City, Missouri proper's political class use those regional numbers to defend their own policy decisions. My hypothesis has been living here that in fact a lot of that growth is happening outside of Kansas City proper, still within the region, but not because of the city. And when Aaron uh, spoke uh, a number of months ago about this, I was really happy to to find somebody who was able to to look within an MSA and and 
see if there was anything to my hypothesis. Again, it's very convenient for Kansas City, Missouri politicians to point to these great stories about the region and say, we're doing awesome. And I think sometimes they intentionally blur the lines when it suits them. And, so can we back up and just explain to me, one of you, um, Aaron, Metropolitan, what's MSA as compared to a city? What's the right. So um, there's, there's a couple of ways to kind of define what you mean by a city. One is essentially a municipality, which is a legal corporation created by the state. So Chicago is a municipal corporation, for example, with about 2.7 million people in it. But these cities are, and these municipalities are all kinds of different shapes and sizes, varies by state, by state, by region of the country. And so it's really not fair to compare cities at the municipal level across the country because you end up with essentially an apples to oranges gotcha. comparison. You can end up with a very gigantic city uh, geographically like Houston, which is much larger than, say, the city of St. Louis. So one of the things that the federal government has done has defined what they call metropolitan statistical areas or metro areas. And these metro areas are composed of counties um, or county equivalents. So the city of St. Louis is considered an independent city, but it's counted as like a county equivalent. And it's basically based on commuting. So it's a labor market, uh, mm. which is a good way for economy. So all of the counties surrounding a uh, principle, a, a core city like St. Louis or Kansas City uh, that have commuting flows going back and forth, significant commuting flows are considered part of the metropolitan area. And this is really the primary way that most people compare regions across the country. It's not perfect. Um, you know, some people argue it has limitations, particularly when you get out west and there's some gigantic counties, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the Mojave Desert, I think, is part of like the L.A. metro area or something. But on, on the whole, this is a much fairer way to, to, to compare them because they compare actual economies one to another. Um, I think in a very non-scientific way, it's why it's like where when you're traveling, you say you're from. So... You know, right. I lived in Northern Virginia a long time and I would travel, I'd say I'm from Washington, D.C. because no one would know about my little town. And that's what I considered myself to be part of. Right. And, and Washington is a very interesting case because there is no, the District of Columbia is a separate thing. It's not part of a state. Right. So most of the region is either the people who live there either live in Virginia or they live in Maryland. But it's mm -hmm. sort of still one economy. But because it's one economy, that doesn't necessarily mean that Maryland and Virginia and the district all end up performing the exact same way. There's variations between them. And, and so you kind of can break it down a little bit by state in cases where these metro areas uh, are on state boundaries, which a lot of them are because- Kansas City is, right? Yeah. So obviously yeah, Stratus, Missouri, and Kansas well. City. That's what we're here to talk about. But just so yeah. I understand better, the downtown area of Kansas City is in Missouri, right? Yeah. Yes. So there's, there's actually two municipalities. So this is, more, this is a very confusing region. There's the Kansas City region, and then there are two municipalities, Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. But the principal big city of the region is actually Kansas City, Missouri. So the main city is in Missouri, but there are a lot of suburban areas and counties that are part of the metro Kansas area City, that are in Kansas. Kansas. And, and that's... That's again, there, you know, about, you know, out of the 53 metro areas with more than a million people in them, 28% uh, of them 
um, 15 of them span multiple states. Okay. Um, so let's get to what you have written about for the Show Me Institute, which is trying to break apart that Kansas City MSA into Kansas City, Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri, and understand how uh, population and demographics have changed in the last 10 years. Because again, like Patrick said, if the message out there is like Kansas City is a growing region, it's a growing city, um, I guess we wanted to understand better, is it, is it being driven by Kansas City, Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas? Because that's very important for policy, right, Patrick? I mean, it's very important. You can't just say it's Kansas City. You yeah, got to know, know what you're talking about. Yeah, voters know where the growth is, what policies are uh, succeeding. And, you know, as a, as a policy researcher, I don't want the bad decisions that are being made in Kansas City, Missouri to get a pass because there are lots of good decisions being made in Overland Park, Kansas that kind of right. uh, make up for the bad. So what did you find? Aaron? Yeah, well, so what I did was because these metropolitan areas are um, comprised of counties, I'm able to pull data for the counties and kind of aggregate so that I get the portion of the region that is in Kansas and I can compare that against the portion of the region that's in Missouri and just see how they compare on various metrics. And so I looked at population growth, I looked at job growth, uh, I looked at GDP, you know, per capita GDP, GDP growth per capita incomes, educational attainment, things of that nature. And uh, what I found was, you know, essentially, um, you know, on pretty much every, basically every metric that I looked at, the Kansas side of the region is performing much, much, much better than the uh, Missouri side. In fact, if you looked at just the population, so the region as a whole has a little over 2 million people, like 2.2 million people okay. about, um, but if you just looked at the Missouri side of the river, that's 1.2 million people. So, it, you know, typically you look at it, uh, you look at major metropolitan areas is, you know, it's not like an official cut off, but most people look at regions with more than a million people in them in their analysis. So you could take the Missouri side of, of the border and compare it against those other large metropolitan areas. And it looks a lot, you know, How's it, it looks like a low performing metropolitan area. It does not look like the sexy cool metro area that you were talking about earlier it, it actually ranks in some cases almost at the very bottom and and sometimes in you know the bottom 10 or so in a lot what of other statistics. cities are down there like as a point of reference Kansas City, uh, you know, missouri looks like yeah it would be like memphis or okay. um you could say memphis or birmingham or louisville or some of those places often you know kind of similarly low low ranking not on everything but similar in size, mm -hmm. I think would be like kind of, kind of comparable to that. They all just have great food, that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that this point out is, um, you know, for example, one of the uh, one, one of the statistics I looked at is the share of higher income households. Right. Um, and so the census will report, you know, uh, things like how many how many households make more than one hundred thousand dollars a year, or how many make more than two hundred thousand dollars a year. If you look at the the share of households that make over $200,000 a year, what I call very high income households. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Missouri side of the, of, of the um, border would rank 51 out of 53. Wow. Uh, at only 4.4%. So essentially most of the, the overall region ranks 31st. So it's sort of like, you know, not in yeah. the top half, but it's sort of in the middle of the pack. So but the wealthy people take, in the, the wealthy region- wealthy people are in Kansas. They want to be on the Kansas side. That's right. 
as an education with, policy person, I of course think that is what defines the whole yeah. world, but it's got to be yeah. schools have got to be factored into that. Right, Patrick? I, I mean, what do you think? Why you live in Kansas city? Why are people choosing Kansas? You know, I, I tell people the story often when I first moved to Kansas city, I was talking to a former city councilman and he said, anybody in Kansas city who gives a damn about education or uh, taxation or, uh, you know, public safety or starting a business has already left Kansas City for Kansas. They've oh. moved out to the suburbs because the suburbs were a much more attractive place to live, not just, again, because of schools and public safety, but because they uh, the governments were less bureaucratic. Kansas mm -hmm. City, Missouri, basically chased people out of the city. What about the earnings tax? Let me just ask that question. Does that apply outside of the city of the Missouri side of Kansas so city? So if you live in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, regardless of where you work, if you live in Kansas City, Missouri, you pay a 1% income tax to the city. Uh, if you live outside of the city, but work in, you also pay it. So Similar the way I describe the earnings tax is, is not a way to attract people into the city, but sort of tax them at the door when they're trying to leave. I see. I mean, that's yeah. got to have an effect. That, that, I think that has an effect in the St. Louis region where you just go outside the city line and you don't have to pay that 1% anymore. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's very similar to St. Louis. If you look at St. Louis, um, you know, so much of the uh, um, high-end residential and business community is sitting in Clayton, right yes. outside, or right in those suburbs, immediately outside of the city limits. And a similar thing happened um, an almost identical thing happened in Kansas City. The difference is when you hit the western border of the city of Kansas City, you're now in Kansas you're in a instead state. of in. So right. they did not only did the um, not only did the uh, kind of high end suburbia leave this you know kind of those that business and the residential base leave the city. They left the state. They left the state uh, when they leave the city. That's right. Because from St. Yeah. Louis, you not many people go over to Illinois. Um, what right. about... There's a huge, there's a huge river, right? I mean, the Mississippi River right. really was a barrier that inhibited the development of the Illinois side of the border. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Kansas City, uh, you know, the Missouri River, I, I believe, does form a state boundary. That's part of it, but but in this area where the city of Kansas City, you know, abuts Johnson County, Kansas, it's just a line, right? So yeah, you can just, just cross. Line. It's just like crossing the crossing the road, and there's nothing stopping all the money and the people and the investment from flowing to that side of the line, which is what it did. So one thing that I'm sure just, you know, A follows B, but I thought it was interesting too, is the share of people with advanced degrees on the Kansas side is higher, right? Than the share on the Missouri side. Um, yes, that's true. And, you know, that's even true among the millennial, the millennial bracket. So exactly. if you look, if you look at the, at what I call emerging adult demographic ages, 25 to 34, um, with a uh, bachelor's degree or higher, um, it's still much higher on the Kansas side than it is uh, on the Missouri. I think the Missouri side's thirty-five point six percent. That's pretty good. So that is actually, actually pretty good compared to the state. It's pretty good, mm -hmm. but it's it's forty-seven point four percent in Kansas. So it's wow. even better. It's that even better in the in Kansas. So even but, among yeah, even among young people, um, that's yeah. you know, it's, it's Kansas is still doing is still doing better. But Patrick, we've done, Kansas City's done all this development to bring people downtown. What about the Power and Light District? What about like Country Club? What about all these areas that they said, we'll, we'll build the cool housing and people will want to live in the city, in Kansas City on the Missouri side? So what has happened 
and I'm not, uh, I don't know that I've got a great deal of data, but, but anecdotally what has happened is the city has incentivized businesses to move into Kansas City, Missouri. Of course, it has let uh, them keep or it has diverted the earnings tax back to them. But I don't know that their employees have followed them. A lot of the employees may work at Burns and McDonald in Kansas City, Missouri, or work in, at Cerner, but live in the Kansas suburbs. And as uh, Aaron said, just drive in, cross state line road, uh, drive in on 95th Street and commute in rather than actually follow their employer into the city. So Missouri is getting tax revenue to Kansas. Sure, absolutely. Right? I mean, by, by incentivizing employers in Kansas City, but then having the employees through, again, their own choice, live in Kansas. Uh, you know, again, from a regional point of view, it looks like there's growth. But mm -hmm. when you actually look at Kansas City proper, there isn't much, if any. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you, you see in a lot of places is the older central cities often have a handful of really nice older neighborhoods with like homes that date from the 20s and old mansion districts and the like. St. Louis has got that too. And there are often some, you know, a small number of very wealthy, influential people who live in the cities. Or there has been um, growth in apartments in downtown, often heavily subsidized in recent years, that there has been this trend of more millennials wanting to be downtown. But what you see is people take these small shares of, of neighborhoods and population and act like that's what's going on, when in fact, the reality is almost every city in America is becoming poorer, has more concentrated poverty, more neighborhoods, and this rest, like this idea of like, oh, the gentrification or the return to city, it's like, it's very minor, but that's what people like to trumpet. And in yeah. Kansas City in particular, it's been fueled with immense amounts of debt. Um, really? I was actually just reading today, uh, you know, something that came from uh, the, uh, the local NPR affiliate there, KCUR. So it's not a, you know, it's not like it's some conservative group that aids the city. It's like they're talking about like, oh, my gosh, Kansas City is a very heavily indebted place that has borrowed a ton of money for things like the Power and Light District, subsidized all these developments, and yet has neglected the delivery of basic public services. They're talking about like they had promised sewers to all these people who still had old aging septic yeah. tanks. And instead they built the, They spent the money on some new soccer fields. That yeah, they the water to subsidize problem. The new That's yeah, a big it, one. So so they're not they're not taking care of basic public services that serve the average citizen, but all the money is getting pumped into these special districts, a lot of it through borrowed money. Yeah. And, uh, and, and as especially in it's these downtown good. ones that were heavily predicated on kind of visitors and office workers, uh, you know, I think the financial performance of these things needs to be scrutinized a lot uh, in the coming months. Do you think people believe this, Patrick? This well, this you know, Missouri, I love Kansas reading thing. that case you are story. Uh, the Kansas City Star did a similar piece about public debt. It is recognizable to anyone who's been reading the Show Me Institute blog. I was going to say you talk about it. Saying this. <laughs> uh, so it's it is nice to see it uh, more widely reported. But until the council, until uh, the chamber actually change their behavior, change their policies, um, this is just, uh, you know, this is just more reporting of what we've already known. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and unfortunately, it, it, a lot of these places just seem incapable of getting a hold of the governance and it does affect people. You know, my brother lived in Chicago 
and he just said, I'm, I'm fed up. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm yeah. not going to pay the taxes and all these, but he's gone. He just moved. Yeah. So it's like, people are going to leave. They're going to go to Kansas or they're going to go to places where, why would you want to live in a place where what you're going to be doing is paying off yesterday's failed mistakes That's exactly instead right. of paying to deliver, you know, paying for like a teacher in the classroom today, for example, or something that actually benefits you today. That's the, yeah. one of the big problems with this fiscal mismanagement is that you end up where today's people are expected to pay off stuff that was frittered away years ago. And, you know, the way it works, you can always just move to the place next door. Uh, right. And and that's what has happened in a lot of Especially cases. Especially now if you can work from home, like everyone is doing, like all right. of us are doing. You know what I mean? I do think you're going to see a bigger um, out-migration from urban areas after this because it's going to, I think a lot of people are realiz realizing if you can work from home or work flexibly, why pay the higher rent? And why put up with the, other social ills of a downtown area. You know, I saw the same thing in Cincinnati. It's nice. It's pretty cool. But like, there's so many social ills. Why put up with that if you don't have to, if you can go to Overland Park or somewhere that's got good, quote unquote, good schools and is safe. Yeah. yeah I just had a, an article in Governing Magazine where I talked about there's a cloud over downtowns now because yeah. they're so dependent on, on conventions and events and sports, so convinced, uh, dependent on office workers. A lot of the amenities are really going to suffer it's going to affect a lot of bonds. I do think some of the, the, the smaller cities might be in a little bit, might see less of an exodus just because people can actually buy. Mm -hmm. You can afford to buy a single family home. So in Cincinnati, a lot of people own homes. It's not like in New York City. Like when I was living in New York, I was living in a one bedroom apartment. That was as good as it was ever going to get. Absolutely. And it's like those people are really like heading for the exits, like mm -hmm. in, in a big way. Chicago, um, I'd like to hope that the Missouri cities are going to be in a little better shape because they're mostly single family homes. Mm -hmm. um, and if you if you bought a single family home, you sort of already, you know, made your peace with the school district. So I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not cheering, I'm not cheering for the collapse, but I do think, you know, one of the things that's happened too in, in places like Overland Park and, and these suburbs like they have in, in Kansas, these, these more upscale suburbs, they've been, they're not just bedroom communities anymore. They're not just office park districts anymore they are really investing themselves in amenities that yep. have like greater downtown areas. They have great restaurants there now. Walking malls. Yeah. So they're becoming much more competitive. Now, some of these places have also borrowed a lot of money to do that. And right. there's a local suburb here where I live that's borrowed well over a billion dollars uh, building wow. a bunch of stuff. And so that may catch up with them as well. But you know, the other is like these suburbs, you're not comparing us, you know, there's a stereotype that suburbs are so bland and boring and, you know, and, you know, nothing to do there. That's not true. Suburbs are more diverse than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, there's more amenities there than ever been. The quality is very good and their schools are still excellent. Right. You know, and so I think it's like, wow, you look at what you get in a lot of ways. Sometimes the services are better. It's not just that it's cheaper and maybe the schools are better, but like lots of public services are better. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's interesting stuff. It's all interesting stuff. Um, we uh, just to plug, we have a paper by Aaron Wren on the Show Me Institute website, and it has a lot more data points than we discussed here. And it talks a lot more about how you know you can parse out what's going on in Kansas City, Missouri versus Kansas City, Kansas, and you know, sort of get under the surface of of the big story to say that there's actually two stories underneath the big story. One's good and one's not so good, but. I really appreciate you joining us today to talk about it. It's really interesting, and I hope uh, people yeah, thanks, check it thanks out. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and, and thanks for uh, putting out the report. I think it's great. Yeah. We'll stay in touch. All right. Take care. 
Thank you for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.